Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Last time on the end of time and other bothers. You're in my book, so I must be your teacher. The name is Davin. Uh, I'm Darcy. Yeah, I know. You see the most unbelievably stupendous kitchen you have ever seen in your life. I was literally in hell! Come have a cup of tea. Your name's Reginald? Maybe I'll make some fairy cakes. Yeah, dude. I thought perhaps I was going to meet the all-holy, all-knowing, all-seeing Loxon, and all would be revealed to me. Yeah, no. That school's gone to hell. They used to explain this stuff. The bowl is talking to you like, mix me, baby, mix me. Is it possible that I had some bad fairy cakes? I need to know what's going on and who Loxon is, and, and I need to know what you know. Don't forget what you learned. I will never forget what I learned here today. Let me be certain of that in my telling you things. Call your weapon. Bazooka! So no one will ever answer all your questions, Darcy. It's about belief. And there's something in you that believes. Oh God, I can't stop screaming! So a few days go by. And we pop in on our favorite adventurers from time to time. And so the camera's going to start by searching, moving from room to room, past an empty classroom, another empty classroom, to the dormitory. And every once in a while, we hear this dull, and the building shakes a little. And it's searching and searching for Blatt. And then we go out a window behind the school, behind the Academy of the Fallen, and down and down into the back gardens, and we find Blatt hard at work. Hello, I'm here to destroy time. Oh, you're here to destroy time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! <laughs> doesn't get old at all. Well, how about if I came to stop time? I also would like to stop time. Well, how about stopping a bazooka shell? <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, excuse me, is, is somebody blowing things up out here? No, no, everything's just fine. It's just occasional flowers are exploding because of too much sunlight. <laughs> oh. Go back into your window. Okay, just... Uh... Ask the flowers to keep it down a little. We're sleeping up here. Oh, yes, very good. Sorry to disturb you. Keeping the flowers down. 
Hello, I'm a flower. I would like to explode. Not before I explode you first. Bazooka! Ah, <laughs> you lousy flower. The End of Time and Other Bothers. An improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Your game master is Sean Howard, with players Marisa King, Michael Howie, and Carter Siddle. Episode 5, The Academy of the Fallen, Part 4. We're going to enter through the back door of the kitchen, where we're going to find Egerton hard at work. You think you can talk to me that way, Flower? Well, let me show you what happens to Flower who talks back. Huzzah! Fairy cake! Ha ha ha! Oh, can I help? So Sniggle comes running up around the corner and he jumps down the things you asked for. He's like, now Sniggle do what? Sniggle help? Yes, Sniggle, perfect timing. Could you perchance fetch me the fairy dust from the third drawer to the left on the second side of the upside upter? Uh, okay! And Snaggle sort of scurries off. And by the way, for you, I'm going to go look out this window and... Hey, what, what happened to that flower that was there earlier? Huh. Oh, that's right. You're going to take this, you lousy flower. Snaggle comes scurrying back and drops a bunch of, like, peppercorns across the counter. Oh, Snaggle got the very stuff. Excellent, Snaggle, that is... Not at all what I asked for, but we'll work just fine. We will do a spicy fairy cake. And perhaps mm. this one will also help clear the sinuses while bringing love to others. Now, Snaggle, would you huh? like to see the magical step of infusing it with love? Uh, no. <laughs> I'm glad that we are in a world where we all agree and add on to the last thoughts <laughs> to help build the story, Snaggle. <laughs> <laughs> Does, does Blatt like fairy cake? Blatt has not yet experienced a fairy cake, though I imagine that Blatt would like one should his bazooka uh, happen oh, make, to backfire. Make fairy cake. Let's make fairy cakes. Oh, okay. Snaggle ready. Okay, well, if we're making one for Blatt, let's get the chili flakes down from the second shelf on the left in the inside of the cupboard to the right. Oh, yeah, got it. Excellent. And Mr. Sugar Cup, how are you today? Excellent, Mr. Sugar Cup. I don't know why all of you stopped talking to me after I spent those days in the book, but it's just as well. I prefer to be the one talking sometimes. Snaggle comes back with a thing of butter. Thank you for the chili flakes. Oh, yes, Snaggle, get a makeup, make a very cake for Blatt. This pleather butter will do quite well for the treats for Blatt, and we will put it in the bowl. How are you, Mr. Bowl? I haven't heard from you in a few days either. Am I Mr. Bowl? No, Mr. Bull is my friend here who once talked to me quite extensively, and he sounded like he had had a few fairy cakes, but then when I tried to show people that Mr. Bull would talk to me, he stopped talking to me. And I think maybe I offended him when I called him Mr. Bull, because maybe he is uh, a Mrs. Bull uh, or a they Bull. I don't know. Are we making I... fairy cakes for yes, Blatt? Yes, we, we, we are making the fairy cakes for Blatt. So what we do is we put all of these ingredients, the, the pleather, uh -huh. butter, which uh -huh. looks sort of like chili flakes in some way, and we put that in with the... Crack corn, which looks sort of uh -huh. like the fairy dust. Yeah, and then uh -huh. we add the flour, 
And what was that sound from outside? Oh man, fairy cake for Black! Excellent, right. So we will go back to making the fairy cake. And we add flour, and then now close your eyes. Close your eyes. Okay, snaggle close eyes. All right, now we say we love everyone and want everyone to be happy. Snaggle loves Blatt, wants Blatt be happy. And we stick it in the oven for 43 minutes and 72 seconds. Too long! Snaggle need fairy cake now! It's it's kind of a fairy no! show. And before you can say or do anything, Egerton, you catch Snaggle out of the corner of your eye, leaping onto the counter, scooping his fist down into the bowl, grabbing a bunch of the batter, laughs at you, <laughs> and then zips out the back door. Thank you, Eggles! Got to find his evil ship. So the camera leaves Egerton in the kitchen, and we go down the hall to the large stairwell, and we begin spiraling our way up past the second floor and up to the top of the third floor where we find Darcy Kimball standing and staring up at the stairs that go past the third floor of a third floor building. So Darcy's been wandering around trying to find a place of peace and quiet, but it seems pretty difficult because outside she keeps hearing these loud booms. And uh, so she sees these stairs that she hasn't been up yet. And she thinks, well, it's got to be somewhere quiet up there. So she starts up these stairs, wherever they may lead. So as you go up these stairs, Darcy, you go basically another turn and a half of the stairs, and there's just a little door. And it's about three and a half feet high, and it has a little handle on it. Okay, so I lift the handle, and I open the door, and I bend down to go through. And you step out into the most unbelievably beautiful garden you've ever seen. Now, the gardens in Balgamar were perfect. Everything, every blade had been manicured and touched. And this is the exact opposite. It is so wild and chaos, and yet there's this strange beauty. Like, everything works and fits together. And it is basically from the door forward all the way to the end of the building, the gardens cover the entire top of the Academy of the Fallen. So Darcy finds this remarkable because the idea of vegetation on roofs is something that never would have occurred to her living in Balgamar. And uh, she wanders through it. She's looking at all the different flowers. There's little paths that break off and weave and there's little places where there would just be a bench to sit. And while you can still hear the roar of a bazooka in the distance, it's somehow muffled up here. And there's you could easily get lost and yet it doesn't feel like a labyrinth. It's just these series of turns and paths and seating places. So she wanders down one of the winding paths and she comes to a place where there's a little pond that has a little mini waterfall going into it. And she feels strangely at peace, which she hasn't felt for a long time now. And she thinks back to what the strange teacher told her about meditating, which she isn't all that comfortable with, but she thinks, well, this is as good a time as any. And she sits down by the water and she traces one of her fingers into it and it's pleasantly warm and uh, and her eyes just start to close a bit and and the, the stone that she's got on a cord around her neck starts to glow this faint blue and it keeps getting stronger as 
her breathing slows and suddenly it's like she can hear the water trickling but really clearly and there's grasses waving in the wind and she can hear that and and the sound of the loud booming just recedes into nothingness so she can't hear that at all and all she can hear is own breathing and she just starts to meditate and the camera slowly pulls back through the brush and yet we can always see Darcy there by the pond on the top of the roof And it's as if time has stopped for a second for Darcy. And that's when we see Darcy's eyes open suddenly. Because she just heard one word spoken in her mind. Cheesecake. Your eyes fly open, and you heard this most beautiful voice in the world say, Cheesecake. And it is a beautiful feminine voice. And it, as you open your eyes with that word, you see that the necklace you're wearing is glowing so brightly that it's like a sun on your neck lighting everything up and slowly dimming. And... She just can't believe she's never experienced anything like it. And she's just amazed, but also now has a craving for cheesecake. And so gets up and heads down toward the kitchen, a little disappointed that the first word she heard in her meditation was a baked good, but just going with it. The camera pulls away from the roof and slowly comes down to the back as we see a fireball roar up past us. And we see Snaggle running out of the back door of the kitchen and searching around hectically, trying to find Blatt. Hmm? Oh, Blatt. Oh, got to give the cake to Blatt. Oh, where is the Blatt? Are you, are you Blatt? Oh, oh, hi, Flower. Oh, who are you? Oh, do you know where Blatt is, Flower? No. No? Okay. No. I'll hide you? Oh, Snaggle hide you! And so Snaggle picks the flower and tucks it under his arm and continuing to run around looking for Blatt. Blatt? Blatt, Blatt, are you out here? I'm sorry, my friend, but only <gasps> one of us is going to be able to save time. Bazooka! Ah! Oh! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, no! Oh, I'm sorry! I'm so sorry! Oh, no, I like it! Watch it when I spin it. That's crazy. Oh, I can make trails. Oh, I brought you. Oh, it's a little overcooked now. I brought you. I brought you a fairy cake. A fairy cake. Now, again, I think that perhaps you think because of my appearance that I'm some sort of demonic overlord here in. God! No, no. He grabs your feet. No, Snaggle. You, you, wait. You know Snaggle's evil ship? Uh, no, I'm just making an assumption that um, you, with your limited form of education, believes that I'm some sort of superior being. In the era that I come from, we do not have... uh, Snaggle not good enough? 
No, that's not quite what I'm saying. It's not going to improve. I, no, you watch. I, I'll make you many more cakes. I'll make you less cooked cake. Uh, wait a moment. Is this one of the cakes that Egerton keeps talking about? Uh, no. Oh, it isn't. Oh, yes. It is then. No. All right, just give me the cake. Yes, sir. Oh, I've always wanted to try one of these. He keeps going on and on about how magical the fairy cakes are. Mabel's just watching you with utter rapt attention. And I have been wanting to try one of these for quite some time. So I don't expect you to be my servant, but I do thank you for bringing this to me. And now, the so-called ambrosia of the fairy gods, the fairy cake. Ah! Oh, my... Ah! Oh, that is terrible! What is in this? Uh, uh, Snaggle, help! Are these peppers? What? Maybe? No! What kind of a fairy cake is this? Snaggle, get you a better cake? Well, I should hope so. I was raised on half-demonic food, but even I think this is a bit too spicy for my liking. Oh, Snaggle, sorry. Snaggle fix. Uh, Snaggle fix. Well, I... I, Snaggle fix. All right, here, take it. Go away. Snaggle dashes off. And literally, it's like the roadrunner. He's like back. And he's holding Egerton's whole pouch, the fairy pouch. And it's not even undone. It's just the entire pouch that he had around his waist and he's opening it and he holds up many fairy cake here I'm not gonna ask how this happened all right let's try one of oh my goodness me oh that's a good time oh what is happening to my taste buds my tongue is dancing within my mouth and my tonsils are here to greet it oh so good good is an understatement my small uneducated friend this is the finest food stuff that i have ever tasted roll fairy cakes michael that is a six plus wisdom. That is a seven. <laughs> so they heal for a D8, but with a cost. Yep. So roll a D8, Carter. So you get four plus. Well, that's pretty good. Because you get five hit points back. Cool. And you are high as a kite <laughs> with a bazooka oh, in the backyard. No. Snaggle, oh, would you like keep all pouch? I would like to keep the pouch. Okay, so Snaggle hands you the pouch. Good. Now. Yes, sir? I'm going to show you something pretty special. I have found out from a demonic overlord that I have the power to create future weaponry. Huh? Would you like to see more future weaponry? Snaggle, yes. Snaggle, yes. Excellent. So... Which of these trees do you like the least? <laughs> oh, the one on the left is mean. Very mean. Well, the, snaggle. the one on the left shall feel my rage. Bazooka. Ah, it's on fire. Ah, snaggle on fire too. Ah, oh, oh, oh. Wait, is this another one of those tricks that you're actually okay with fire? Because yeah. you're actually... Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, if you don't mind... 
Blast is going to lie down here oh, for a moment. Yeah. Oh, put you put head on Snaggle. Well, Snaggle keeps soft, s- soft belly. Seems a little forward, but uh, well, whatever you feel is the best thing to do. Snaggle, have you ever looked at your hands? I mean, really oh. looked at your hands. Oh. Yeah, okay. You wonder that. Everyone's got hands, but everyone's hands are different than everyone else's. We're all the same, yet we're all different. Snaggle confused. Snaggle, don't be confused. Because I love you, Snaggle. I love you so. You're my good friend, Snaggle. Well, I don't want to hear you argue the point. That's right. Here, for you, Snaggle. Me? Here's my dry cleaner coupon. If you go... He takes it, like, he's caressing it in between his hands as he takes it. Another two trips, and you can have a shirt done for free, which you don't appear to wear. Maybe you should start. What shirt? Snaggle get shirt. All okay. right. That's Snaggle pillow. Great. He's Hi. like caressing your hair. Snaggle pillow. Just gonna lie down and not freak out. <laughs> oh, plum, oh, Snaggle friend. First friend, sleep. First friend, snaggle only friend. Go, tasty here, leave here alone. Snaggle friend. Field transmission archive. Nexus time, 3.31. Agent Greg Lorenz. Time stream, A37, 31, 47. Subject alpha is missing. I have verified residence and place of work. Subject has not shown up for three days. I'm aborting this time stream and moving on to Subject Bravo. Field log 7.1. Minimal corruption in this time stream. Mission success. I located Subject Bravo, tracked him to his place of work. At initiation of early onset of event, Subject fled to the top floor of his building, where I was able to apprehend, subdue, and bag and tag using a beetle. I am moving on to Subject Delta. Field Log 8.2 As previously stated, I entered this time stream at an earlier point. It is the 22nd day of the 32nd year of Boltius. All beetles report temporal lock, but fluctuations are increasing. I located Subject Delta and have tracked. Last night, there was an altercation. She was accosted by three individuals who may be under the influence of corruption. I was unable to ascertain their status as they were taken care of on my arrival. It happened at an alley, and as I moved to approach the alley, I heard sounds of battle. On my arrival, Subject Delta was not present, and the three individuals were no longer breathing. I have since lost track of Subject Delta, and while I want to continue tracking, the fluctuations give me pause, so I am jumping time streams to Subject Echo, and we'll update shortly. Field log 
Field Hog 9.0. I located Subject Echo easily, however, the corruption is rampant in this time stream. Multiple agents were encountered. A few were in the final feat of trying to reach Subject Echo. He appeared oblivious to me even as I eliminated two agents, stepped into his room, tranquilized, and bag and tagged him. The Grissom Beetle took over 30 seconds to get temporal lock. It's not a good sign. I'm going to attempt to return immediately to Subject Delta, if I'm able. My injuries are minor. I'm able to proceed. Field log, 10.1, local time, approximately 11 a.m., the 23rd day of the 32nd year of Boltius in this time stream. Fluctuations are increasing, signs of corruption abound, multiple agents spotted at the workplace of Subject Delta. Subject Delta has recently arrived. I am tracking very little time. Further update to follow. Field log 14.1. I was able to return to the time stream for Subject Charlie. The Grissom Beetle is now losing local temporal sync completely. Transport likely to be no longer possible. Repeat, transport likely to be no longer possible. Unable to find Subject Charlie. No appearances at residence or work. Widening my search. I'm not sure why I'm continuing to leave these. The Beatles haven't had sync in days. So it's likely this will never be received. I am still in time stream of Subject Charlie. Agents swarm the streets, eyes as black as night. I've managed to secure access to a rooftop and bar entry from below. The temporal inconsistencies are almost visible. The end is approaching. This is where I will make my final stand. I pray the three I reached made it back. Give my love to Ananka and may the Nexus prevail. It's the beginning of the middle of the end of time and other bothers. Hey, what's up? It's your producer Eli here to introduce the mid-roll. So this episode was actually going to be kind of a short denouement to episode four. It was going to take place in town so the characters could explore and uh, you know how it is. They went off somewhere completely different and... I don't know, Loxon became the goddess of cheesecake? Uh, yeah. This is how we roll at the end of time and other bothers, or or don't roll. I think I think we had one roll in this whole episode. You know what I mean. Um, so you can hear more about how it all went down in our end notes if you are a supporter on Patreon. Uh, next episode, we get on to our hero's first adventure. Very exciting. Uh, in the meantime, on with the show. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Didn't Marisa know we're, we're recording a mid-roll? Where is she? Hello? You're not Marisa. Hello? Okay. So, once again, we'd like to thank you for listening to The End of Time and Other Bothers. I'm not Marisa. Yeah, I'm painfully aware of that, Snaggle. Me? Miss Snaggle? Right. So, just a reminder that you can review this episode and any future episodes on iTunes. This is a brand new show, and we really need to get the word out. Hello, iTunes! Yeah, sure. Hi, iTunes. You can also spread the word with our hashtag, OtherBothers, to let everyone following you on Twitter know about us and the hardships that we go through working on this show. Hello, the Twitter! Eli, I uh, I don't know that I can do this. You're doing great. <laughs> Michael, why did Twitter not say hello back? $2 Patreon supporters get early access to episodes along with other perks. Click on over to patreon.com slash and maybe there'll be an explanation on why I have to record these spots with a deranged non-player character. Where is the Twitter? Hello, Twitter! Are you under here? Twitter? Twitter isn't a person. It's not? It's a social media website where people can talk about our show and, I don't know, a billion other things. Do you understand that? Oh, Twitter not here because Snaggle here. Yeah, sure. I You're recording with me instead of Twitter. <gasps> Snaggle better than Twitter? Well, you, actually, you know what? On most days, that's not necessarily wrong. We open in the center of the Nexus, in the library, which is a very large, well-lit room with rows and rows of shelving and books that actually branch off in innumerable corridors in every direction you look. Moira is standing in the center of the room in front of a large table, and she is speaking as if to the air. Ananka, I know you can hear me. I think it's time we had a talk. Maybe we could do that in person, Ananka? Finally. What is it, Moira? What are you doing? I know what I am doing. Sometimes I am not quite sure where I am in time. You know this about me. So maybe my calculation was a little bit off. But ultimately, my instincts are never wrong. A little bit off? Ananka, we're 60 years off. She throws the papers off the table. 60 years, Ananka. We're, we're behind now. But a drop. Time, it flows like the water. This is just a few drops. Don't give me the drops, Ananka. You don't believe that either. I know about Greg. Do not talk about Greg. That was supposed to be a one-way trip. We agreed. No, we did not agree. That was your plan. That was never my plan. They're not ready, Ananka. These three you believe so much in, they're plebs. They're not even in proper training. And, and we're now behind. Moira, I have faith in these three. 
Do you remember us three sisters? You, myself, and Tekmar. Nobody believed we could handle this. We could handle being at the Nexus. Yet here we are. What if we're not ready either, Ananka? We're making this up as we go. All I have is, 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 is your visions. You have to trust in that. If there's nothing else you can trust in, you must trust in my vision. We have to start them. We're too far behind now. Find me a story. A story that's going to be safe. Something simple. I have just the one. We arrive back into the kitchen just at the moment that Egerton realizes that he no longer is wearing pants or a pouch, and Darcy enters looking for a very specific cheesecake. Egerton, what are you doing? I appear to not be wearing pants, but more concerning, my pouch is missing. I don't remember taking Could my- Could you please I, get some pants? Put I, something on. Okay, I, I I had a pouch, and I don't have the pouch now, but the pouch has my fairy cakes, and I think there's a special connection now. I think there's a the hygiene issue happens. here with you being in a kitchen like this. Well, I- Seriously. I, I do imbue my fairy cakes with love, and- Egerton, I, please go and get yourself some pants now, or find your own Okay, pants. wait, wait, wait. I can, I can see the pants- over there by the doorway. So I, I'm going to go over there. Could you, I'm going to I'm going to bend down and pick him up. Could you turn around, please? I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. No, okay. No are problem. You, are you turned around. I'm turned Did around. You turn around. I'm turned around. Okay, I'm going to bend over to pick them up. Oh, Don't look boy. over. Don't look over. <laughs> okay, you can look now. Why? Aren't you wearing pants? I don't know. I was wearing pants before. I was also wearing my pouch before. Now I don't have my pouch, and my pouch is very important to me. You hear the case. voice again in your head. It rings out. You see the necklace that Darcy is wearing glow, the brightest light you've ever seen. Very mesmerizing and beautiful. Oh. And you hear the voice again. Cheesecake. I would help you look for your pouch, Egerton, and I will help you look for your pouch, but I have a real strong craving for some cheesecake, which do you make that? I make the best pleather cheesecake in all of Balagoria. Well, that's perfect. That's the best kind. That's the kind I want. All right. Now, you may see some dancing sugar, so I don't want you to be alarmed when that happens. Sure. Sure, Egerton. I I won't be alarmed by the dancing sugar. Okay. So Egerton walks over to the, the cupboards, and in his head, the music starts up, and... He starts bopping around and pulling things out of drawers and tossing things into the mixing bowl and spinning it and throws it into a stone oven. And, you know, the, the sun kind of skips forward a little bit yep. while we wait. You start to smell something really good, Darcy. And Darcy's actually quite impressed with the agility and uh, dexterity that Egerton moves around the kitchen and creates this... Uh, Wondrous things. It is a little strange the way he has conversations with the mixing bowl. But yeah, yes. she's ignoring that at this point. He does have reasonably average dexterity. It should be pointed out. But maybe above average in the kitchen. Hey, I feel ya. <laughs> so a little ding goes off and he walks over to the oven and with quick hands patting it back and forth, he pulls out a pan and plops it down and says... Pleather cheesecake. Oh, that smells so good, Egerton. 
And you put in chili flakes and peppercorns. I love that back home. I had a few left over from an earlier recipe. Oh, that just, okay, okay. And I get out a knife and I cut myself a slice. And I just, which is not usually how Darcy eats, but she just picks it up with her hands and she just, as her necklace glows even brighter, she just shoves it into her mouth in one big piece. Ugh. Oh, that, oh. that That's mm. impressive in itself. Oh, so good, Egerton. The amulet that Darcy is wearing just gets brighter and brighter. It's painfully bright, Egerton. I don't know if you know this, but your necklace has gotten kind of bright and it is starting to cause sunburns on my skin. My rosy cheeks are turning a little dark and it's hurting and cracking now. And Darcy, you barely hear any of this that's going on in the room, Darcy, because before you, you see Loxen gleaming beams of white light flying all around the room and you just know that it's her. And she's finishing pushing cheesecake into her mouth and she smiles at you and your brain, it's like lightning going through your brain. And then she's gone. Sweet Loxen. And you now have, and you don't know how you know it, but you know you've been granted magical spells and powers. And then the amulet slowly fades down to nothing. And Darcy looks down at the floor where Egerton is passed out from blinding light. Egerton? Uh. Egerton? Uh, It's a bright light. Did you... Did you see that? You shove a huge piece of pleather cheesecake into your mouth and swallow it without chewing? Yes, I saw that. Did you see the other woman who did that? No, you you did that, and I'm pretty sure I'd remember another woman doing that at the same time because it was, you know, I think you may have unhinged your jaw a little bit. Yeah, it does feel a little sore. It's clicking a bit as you talk. I, I'm just going to go back to my room now but well, we, we, we need we need to get my fairy pouch oh yeah you, I did say I'd help with that okay why don't you lead the way Egerton and I'll I'll help you with that so we follow Darcy and Egerton as they look around the kitchen for a little while Darcy just waiting while Egerton checks every cupboard and then we follow them outside as they invariably find themselves standing in front of a passed-out blat whose head is resting on Snaggle's belly while Snaggle slowly runs his hands through Blatt's hair. Blatt. Oh, Blatt's Blatt. sleeping. No, Blatt, Blatt's sleeping. Wake him up, you little imp. Oh. And you see that Blatt is currently holding in one hand your fairy power. Oh. He's got it. He's got it. I, oh, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Sir, sir, sir. He, so Snaggle starts like tapping your eyelid. Sir, sir. Ah, football practice. Blat, what? What are you doing? And you start to see these. The the Darcy's hair is getting really straight up now, and the spikes are actually standing straight up from her head, which isn't normal for her. I was just practicing the bazooka, and that's really. All like Blatt, 
That tree is destroyed. This was a beautiful garden and you destroyed that tree and look at all these flowers and, and how could you just do that? And that's when you start to notice that Darcy's eyes have changed color. They are a gleaming animal-like yellow. I, 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 I'm very sorry. I didn't realize that the tree and the flowers were so important. I tried to pick an area without too many people around since I wanted to test the uh, bazooka power. That You we... don't just use this centurion weapon to take out nature and everything that's around you. Well, you have to be more careful with it. I feel that I'm all practiced up, so I shan't be doing that again. That's not to worry, and maybe now your hair will lie down and your eyes will return to its original color. Egerton, might I speak to you just over here for a moment? And as soon as Blatt makes those comments, Darcy subconsciously puts her hand to her amulet and the eyes start to fade back to her green and the hair does come down a bit. And she she stumbles away a bit, away from the two of them as if she's embarrassed. Why are these bunnies over here saying, what are we going to have for dinner now, Lat? <laughs> uh, perhaps we can um, give them a fairy cake from this pouch that I seem to have on my purse. Couscous, hello, here you go. Couscous. Fairy cake's all around. <laughs> no, 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 not you. Yeah, not, not, grab not, a bunch of, oh, uh, fairy cake. Oh, snuggle like fairy cake. Oh, oh, I, I share with, I share with rabbit. Come back, rabbit. Come back, rabbit. Come back. I think I'll hold on to that pouch for now. Yes, I'm terribly sorry. I'm not sure how I got a hold of this. How oh, here you are. I returned that to you. And I just want to tell you that I'm, not quite sure what happened, but I think I may have had sex with Snagel. <laughs> Scene! <laughs> the End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Your game master is Sean Howard with Carter Siddle as Blatt, Michael Howey as Egerton, and Marisa King as Darcy. You also heard Maggie Makar as Ananka. Dialogue editing and transcription by Michael Howey. Additional material and sound design by Eli McElveen. Story consultant, Laura Packer. Game consultant, Stephen Smith. Join us on Patreon for early access to episodes, behind-the-scenes information, and lots more. Find out how at otherfathers.com. That is a ringtone available to twenty dollar patrons, folks. You just gave it all to Snagel too fast. Well, I didn't actually have sex with Snagel. I just don't. I just suspect that I might have. So now Snagel's gonna act the way he usually does around me. Oh, oh my lord, my savior! And I'm gonna be like, "Hey, how you doing? Uh, let's not talk about that thing that happened. What happened? I don't know." The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
It begins, as terrible things often do, with a knife. People of Herta, chosen children of the night, a lost soul has come to us. I'm not sure if I can do this. It's always better if you just do it quick. You came to St. Kilda to escape your past, but the past isn't so easy to outrun. You always say you're changing, but underneath you're just the same. She was a child, Loki. You liar! Did you really believe this community would accept you? I think you're meant to be here. A little bird told me that you're a liar. All of this, it comes with a cost, Loki. Did you really believe you could find redemption? The time for excuses is over. The Secret of St. Kilda. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to season one now, and remember, there is no change without sacrifice.